Merry Christmas. <clears throat> Welcome to worship. As we celebrate the Nativity of our Lord, our worship will start in a couple of minutes after a musical introduction. We join in the first hymn, Come Your Hearts and Voices Raising.
said. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. O gracious and almighty Father, we praise you that you kept your ancient promises by sending your everlasting Son in human flesh. On this holy night, receive our thanks and devotion, our songs and prayers. You sent Jesus as a lowly child to demonstrate your concern for all, the weak and lonely, the troubled and frightened, the timid and helpless. No one is overlooked by your ever-seeking eyes. No one is excluded from your upholding arms. No one is denied the comfort and help of your outstretched hand. Bless us with a childlike faith and a divine assurance that you love and care for us always. You sent Jesus as the Savior of the world to deliver us from the curse of sin, the power of death, and the torment of hell. He took our place. He was born under the law to set us free. He became the innocent lamb of sacrifice. He came to die and rise again in order that we might live eternally. Firmly implant this good news in our hearts and fill us with an eager desire to spread the word concerning what we hear tonight. May all who hear the message in every nation under heaven be amazed and believe what was told them about the child. You sent Jesus as the light of the world to drive out all darkness that would rob us of the full life that you intend for us. May the joy that will be for all people be our joy. May peace on earth be our peace. May the treasure that Mary pondered in her heart be our treasure. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to us. He is Christ the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 7. The Lord spoke to Ahaz again. He said, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Ask for it either in the depths below or in the heights above. But Ahaz responded, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. So Isaiah said, Listen now, you house of David. Is it not enough for you to test the patience of men? Will you test the patience of my God as well? Therefore the Lord himself will give a sign for all of you. Look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and name him Emmanuel, the word of the Lord. Alleluia. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Alleluia. The second lesson, which will also be the basis for the sermon, is from St. Paul's letter to St. Titus, chapter 3, verses 4 to 7. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward mankind appeared, he saved us, not by righteous works that we did ourselves, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs in keeping with the hope of eternal life. The word of the Lord. We join in singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
To honor our Savior, please stand for the Gospel. <clears throat> the Holy Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governing Syria. And everyone went to register, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the town of Nazareth, into Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and family line of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his wife, who was pledged to him in marriage and was expecting a child. And so it was that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There were in the same country shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today in the town of David a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude from the heavenly army praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Now let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they told others the message they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated as we join in singing, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What does your home look like at Christmas time? Do you decorate heavily or lightly? Do you try to light up your whole neighborhood? I was driving on Clifton Road the other night around 7 o'clock. This long line of giant mansions and oh, the lights. So beautiful. Most beautiful thing is I don't have to pay the electric bills. I just got to enjoy all the beauty of the lights. Or do you keep it more modest and keep your lights just to the fireplace and maybe to a little tree? What about the baked goods in your house? Do the cookies and pies multiply and stack up on each other? Does your family try to take it easy and maybe stay off, stave off that layer of uh, winter weight? The appearances of our homes do change in big ways or maybe just in small ways around Christmas time. What about life in your home around Christmas time? What's it like for the people who live there? We know Christian families always strive for perfect peace and harmony. And you would think that in the days leading up to the birth of our precious Savior, peace would be peaking and harmony would be hitting its annual high in our homes. But we know it usually doesn't go that way in the days up to Christmas because we have a season with a whole lot of hustle and a whole lot of stress and it leads to homes that are touched by tension and by bickering. What about the home of your heart? What's it look like inside your heart around Christmas time? You're getting ready to welcome the Prince of Peace who brings from heaven to you peace that lasts forever. But after several weeks of just getting crushed by commercialism and schedules that are way too full and thinking about the credit card bills that are coming in January, the peace in our hearts can very easily get robbed. And you know, it's about this time of year too when you start to really miss people you love who have gone ahead of you into heaven and you know you should just be happy that they're enjoying the glory of heaven, but it's easy to start to ask questions in your heart about why did God take this person away from me and why do I have to celebrate Christmas without them? It's hard to hold peace in our hearts in the days leading up to Christmas. And it is because of all of these imperfections in our homes, the bickering and squabbling in our physical homes, the worried and unsettled homes of our hearts, it is because of those imperfections and all of our other sins that our Savior Jesus left his home. It's because of our sin that Jesus came down from heaven, which was the perfect home. Jesus left his home where he was receiving praise from angels through all eternity. He left a home where he knew nothing at all of fatigue or hunger or pain or sorrow or death. He left that perfect home voluntarily and he came down here to be with us and he did it for one very basic and simple reason. As St. Paul explains to his friend Titus, it was because of God's mercy. Our God is full of mercy. He does not want to punish people for their sins. So he sent his son down from the home of heaven to us in this world. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward mankind appeared, he saved us. Jesus left the home of heaven not only because God is merciful, but also because God is kind 
And he is love. He is not just loving. Love is the one characteristic of God that he uses not to describe himself in the Bible, but to define himself. God is love. And there is never a more powerful expression of love than God sending his son down from his side in heaven to make his home in this world. God did that because he is merciful, he is kind, and he is love. That is why Jesus made his next home in the womb of his virgin mother, Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Virgin Mary carried inside of her the eternal and almighty God who had come down from heaven, wrapped in human flesh. And on Christmas night, the Virgin Mary laid Jesus in his next home, which was a manger. The almighty and eternal Son of God made a feeding trough, his home on Christmas night, because God is kind, he is merciful, he is love, but God is also perfectly righteous. He is holy, and he accepts nothing less than holiness in his presence. In order for us to enter the home of heaven, we needed holiness, and we were never going to get it ourselves. You can never be perfect, no matter how hard you try, no matter how good of a person you tried to be. God sent holiness down to us in his son Jesus. That is why Jesus made his home in, his, in that manger because we needed his perfection. So that little baby in the manger grew into a toddler and then an adolescent and then a man. And all the while he was the perfect son, the perfect brother, the perfect friend, neighbor, and teacher. He had a lot of different homes, even when he was a boy. We know from the Bible that Jesus made his home with his mother Mary and his stepfather Joseph first in Egypt and then in Nazareth. And during Jesus' ministry, he had a lot of different homes. He appears to not have had really any fixed address, but he just sort of made his home in the various residences of friends and followers. Jesus said about himself, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. But everywhere he went in this world, no matter where Jesus made his home, he always took perfection with him living the holy life that we needed. And after Jesus lived that perfect life for us, he also laid it down. He sacrificed it on the cross to take the punishment that our sins deserve. This is another amazing expression of God's love for us. It is also a powerful statement about how much God hates our sin and how he will not tolerate it, that only the sacrifice of his own son was enough to pay the punishment for our sin. But Jesus paid for it all on the cross. And then he made his next home in a grave. So the one who created the earth, who made it, was laid in that earth to rest dead. The grave became his home, but it was not his home for very long at all. Because three days later, he rose from the dead. And this was another loving, kind, merciful act of God because in Jesus' resurrection, everyone who believes in him has the promise of their own. And now, after coming down here and doing all of that for us, Jesus is back in his heavenly home again. He is back in the glory and the perfection and the praise of heaven. He is back home in heaven, still a flesh and blood human being. That means we have a God in heaven who understands the struggles and the difficulties we go through life because he's been through all of it 
and then some. It also means we have our Jesus in heaven who is advocating for us. He stands between us and the Heavenly Father and pleads for forgiveness whenever we need it. And when he does, the Father every time answers, yes, I forgive them. I forgive them because I am kind and merciful and I am love. I forgive them because you left this home and made your home with them to save them. Jesus' home is in heaven again, but that's not the only place he lives. That is not his only dwelling. The Bible says Jesus also lives in the heart of everyone who trusts in him. As Paul says, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And this verse is so wonderful because it shows all three persons of the triune God working together to make your heart Jesus' home. And God the Father saves each sinner personally, individually, when the Holy Spirit washes them clean by bringing them to faith in Jesus. And the word choice of washing and pouring in this verse is not an accident because the New Testament teaches universally that God does this work through the waters of baptism. So, if you are here tonight or you are watching at home and you have a child who needs that gift of baptism, please move on it for your child. If you are an adult and Jesus is living in your heart now because you believe in him, and you need baptism for yourself, please move on it for yourself. God will use it to secure your heart as Jesus' home. Jesus really has countless homes. His home is in heaven, and it is in the heart of everyone who believes in him. And it is safe to say that Jesus' favorite home is our hearts. That he loves to be here even more than he loves to be in heaven. And that's safe to say because he was willing to leave that home for a little while, come down here to be with us, so that he could live in our hearts forever. Because Jesus left that heavenly home and came to save us, because he lives in our hearts by faith, heaven is our home too. That's the home of everyone we love who has gone ahead of us with faith in Jesus, and that's the home that we're headed to as well. And in fact, the Bible says that heaven, for the believer in Jesus, that's your real home. That's your permanent home. That's your home that lasts forever. Your home is not the place listed at the address on your driver's license. It's not in Lake Ridge or Manassas. Those are your temporary dwellings. The Bible calls those tents. Your real home, your permanent home, is in heaven because Jesus left it once to come into this world and save you because Jesus lives in your heart by faith. Now what effect do you think it would have on those temporary homes, on our physical homes in this world, if the people in those homes remembered what Jesus did for them and for all the other people in their home, what effect would it have on, say, a brother who looks at his sister or a sister who looks at his brother? Would they maybe no longer see just an annoying person that they can't tolerate and who needs to go away? But when they look at their sibling, could they maybe see a precious soul so valuable to God that Jesus left his home in heaven to save that person, someone they're going to share the home of heaven with for all of eternity and speak to them that way and treat them that way? What effect could it have if a Christian wife 
looked at her husband and didn't just see someone who's forgetful and insensitive. And when he looked at her, he didn't just see someone who was impatient and always bothering him to do things around the house, but instead they saw people, they saw people whose hearts were the homes of Jesus Christ, people who are going to make their homes together forever in the kingdom of heaven. What impact could it have on the peace and the joy of our homes in this world? What could it do for the home of your heart? What would it do to the stress and the spiritual fatigue in your heart if you lifted up your eyes to heaven and remember, Jesus left that place so that I get to live there forever? What would it do to the peace and joy of your heart if you went back to your baptism every day and remembered how Jesus made your heart his home? What could it do for the peace and the joy in the hearts of Christians? Jesus left his home and made his home with us. His home was in the grave for a little while, but not for long. Now Jesus is back again in the home of heaven, and that is our home too, thanks to what he has done for us. May your homes, your physical homes, the home of your heart, be filled with the mercy, the kindness, and the love of God on this holy day and every day. Amen. Please stand as we confess the Christian faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for the offering.